You're listening to Nguyen From Within, where we unlock the strength within you and continually develop the strongest version of you possible. I'm your host, John Nguyen. Hey, my friend, welcome back. Today, we're going into sleep, another one of the foundational principles of health. And of course, let's go ahead and take our big, deep breaths to center ourselves. So sleep, we all know that we need more of it, but how do we get more of it and what can we do to increase the quality of the sleep that we do get so that we wake up feeling rested and energized? Well, first of all, like why do we need to sleep, right? I mean, aside from the obvious reasons that it feels great and it actually gives you energy, you need sleep to perform a lot of restorative and digestive functions inside your life. Um, It allows you to calm down, rejuvenate, and actually do a lot of the healing in in both your brain and your mind, as well as your body too, which essentially is the same thing, but it allows for you to recuperate and start the day fresh. And just like with all the other uh, foundational principles, it really allows for you to be energetic, creative, and alert if you have great sleep. So one of the keys to getting great sleep actually starts when you begin your day. If you find yourself lying awake at nighttime or if you find yourself waking up groggy, um, one of the best things that you can actually do is within an hour of sunrise, go outside and really look at the sky. Don't look directly at the sun, but look at the sky because according to Dr. Huberman, who's a neurobiologist, At the time within, again, within an hour of sunrise, the levels of blues and yellows triggers the release of cortisol inside your body, inside your mind. And what that does is that it, one, it gives you energy because cortisol, as you may or may not know, is one of the most prominent hormones that dictates the energy that you have inside your body. You probably have heard about it with and in regards to stress and the fight or flight system, but just know that it provides a burst of energy to your body. The second thing it does is it actually triggers another timer for the release of melatonin about 12 to 14 hours, I believe, um, later on during the day or during the evening time. Melatonin, as you probably know, is directly responsible for how quickly and how easy it is for you to fall asleep later on at night. So just with this act of going outside and taking in about two to 10 minutes of light outside, um, because apparently being outside is up to 50 times more effective than looking at the sunlight through a window or a windshield or, or just being inside. Just the act of looking at the light and taking it in during this period of sunrise will set you up for a much easier time falling asleep. The second thing I want to go over is caffeine and coffee. And I know a lot of people have been reliant on coffee, but you really want to um, probably dial it back or not take coffee after 2 p.m. The reason for this is that it takes your body about 6 to 10 hours on average to metabolize about 75% of the caffeine And why is this important? Well, not to get too scientific about it, but inside your body, you have 
what are called adenosine receptors. And adenosine is actually responsible for the, um, the feeling of sleepiness. So as the day goes on, um, you get more and more sleepy because more and more of the adenosine receptors are being filled up by adenosine. But what happens is that uh, caffeine is actually an adenosine antagonist. So it actually takes the place of adenosine inside the receptor. So if the receptor is being blocked, adenosine can no longer bind to its receptor and the feeling of sleepiness doesn't build up. An interesting side note here is that once the caffeine actually wears off and it unbinds from the receptor, adenosine wants to bind to its site, to its receptor even more. It's even more attracted to it. And that's why suddenly you may feel like you crash because there's such a large influx of adenosine binding to a whole mess of these receptor sites. Now, if you noticed earlier, I said the average person has a half-life of three to five hours with caffeine. So with a lot of these processes inside your body, there are genetic variability. So one person's uh, recommendation, the average recommendation may or may not apply to you. So if, I mean, if, if you want to experiment with your own body and just, again, see how it feels and, and you feel like you do um, okay or even better with coffee at like four or five sometimes, then try it out. But on average, if caffeine is not out of your system while you are asleep, it actually affects the sleep quality that you do have. So while you may be able to fall asleep at let's say 10, 11, or whenever you want to, the quality might not be there. And if the quality is not there, then you are likely not getting the rest that you could be getting. The third thing that I want to talk about is food and how it relates to your sleep. Now, if you eat like 30 minutes before bed, it, it will not likely have a direct effect on the amount of weight you put on or the amount of weight that you lose. But what it actually does is that it affects the quality of your sleep. Because when you eat, a third of your body's energy systems, uh, energy expenditure, is actually devoted to digestion. So if a third of your energy expenditure is to digestion, then all that energy cannot be focused on rejuvenation, to healing, to resting, to actually really recovering from the day. So in general, try to stay away from food for at least three hours before bed because it honestly has a, a really big effect on the quality of your sleep. And the last thing I want to talk about is having a wind-down routine, about 30 minutes to an hour before you actually go to sleep. Do things that signal to your body that it's time to kind of slow down and get ready for sleep. A few things you can do are try to dim the lights a little bit or turn off some lights inside your house. Take a very nice warm, or if you're like my wife, a very hot shower which gets her skin all nice and red and cute. And yeah, I love my wife, so sue me. But I digress. Um, what that actually does is that when you get out of the shower, out of the hot shower, the outside feels much cooler on your skin. So your body actually does a lot better when, um, when it's cooler, when it senses that it's cooler. And a lot of people recommend that you turn it down to like 68 degrees. Um, we don't get it that cold, but... 
the the colder it is the more likely that it signals to your body that it's it's time for sleep it's time for rest and it's time to just hibernate and what you actually want to do with with the wind down routine is set an alarm for it set an alarm again for 30 minutes to an hour before you want to go to sleep set that alarm knowing that you want to get at least six and a half to eight maybe nine hours of sleep so let's say you want to wake up like at let's say six then if you want to get eight hours of sleep you have to be in bed and asleep by like around 10 o'clock right so your wind down time should start around 9 to 9 30. so what this actually can do for you is it makes you more intentional about your life you can ask yourself why are you staying up a lot of us i myself included i mean it's it's great to be able to have the luxury of watching netflix and movies with your loved ones and just enjoying yourself but is that really what you want to do or are is it just habitual or is it really leading you to the life that you want to live if you have this wind down routine it allows for you to be conscious of the reasons why you're doing certain things and again i'm not trying to make some things seem bad but what you do at nighttime will produce certain results and if you're not happy with your current results then you might want to look at your intentions and what you actually consciously do because like the saying goes how you do anything is how you do everything and if you bring conscious intention into your sleep routine and the way you wake up then it will affect again so many other things in your life too so as a general recap one of the first things that you want to do is when you get up, go outside within an hour of sunrise so that you can expose your eyes to the light for about two to 10 minutes. For sleep quality, the second and third tips were limiting the, uh, the amount of caffeine that you intake to no later than 2 p.m. on average. Um, the third thing was to not eat anything about three hours before you sleep. And the fourth and final thing is to have a wind down routine about half an hour to an hour before your scheduled sleep time. In a future episode, I'll be talking about supplements and chronotypes and other ways that you can get in rest throughout the day. But at the very least, if you follow these four things, it will set you up for a solid foundation to getting high quality sleep and also uh, the amount of quantity that you sleep as well. So that about wraps us up for this episode. Go ahead and try these out for at least three to four days to allow yourself um, in into getting into a routine and to set the circadian rhythm to a time that you want to set it to. As always, hit me up on Instagram. I'll leave it in the show notes if you have any questions, concerns, or if you just want to chat. But until next time, I see you and I'm sending you much love and respect and I hope you have great nights of sleep. Peace.